All right, everybody, check this wallet out. Everybody got that checked out? Okay. We will take, uh, we will take, do we, can we take credit cards this morning? All right. Can we trust these people if they, I don't know, I don't know. it could be scary. <laughs> so now you have no excuse if you don't have several thousand dollars in cash on you and that's what you want to bid, then we're, we're golden because we trust you and Melissa will bring your little magic card machine next week. So there you go. All right. Well, it's great to be here this morning. I had a great time yesterday and I've been reading through uh, 2 Kings and uh, Nehemiah to be a teacher in the Bible class. And man, I'll tell you what, those guys just did not shake out at all. It didn't matter how crazy it was. It didn't matter if, if the armies of the nations were surrounding them. It's like, chill, man. God's got this covered. And uh, many of you know that I've not been that way. Good. Little things. Wow! <gasps> you know, and, you know, we all get that way. I know we do. But I'll tell you what, when you read the scriptures and you really look at the power of the scriptures, no matter what shakes out, God's sovereign, he's going to work through it, and we have the opportunity to manifest his character. And so I had a great time yesterday. You know, 9 o'clock came along, nobody showed up. 9.30 comes along, very few people showed up. 10 o'clock, I'm going, uh-oh. And then, man, all of a sudden, it's like all of Lane County shows up. It was kind of cool. It's like, ah! And so it was, it was great. You know, just cool your jets, Compton. God's got it covered, all right? And then, uh, you know, I, I think it was my fault because I did talk with someone about that. And it was Julie. And we put it somewhere and, you know, I forgot. It's better... That the saints understand that a good brother, you know, worked his fanny off hours and hours and hours on this. It's gorgeous. So I hope you have a lot of money because I'm getting this thing. Okay. Just saying. And if you don't, that's fine. Cool. I love you. All right. Uh, so a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, I forgot to get notes of encouragement. I know lots of you like to do that. And so I will have more of them next week. But we have two. And I'll let you shout some out if you want to after I'm done here. Word of encouragement to Tamra. Thank you, Braxton. By the way, good morning, young man. Hey, all right, good. Good handshake, good smile. Uh, I love your heart for service and your heart for others. You are such a jewel and one of a kind. And I'm going to add, when I got a super important prayer that needs like top priority with God, who do I ask? Yeah, Tamra. Give it up for Tamra. Woo! Bill, your willingness to expend and be expended in season and out of season to save souls and help those who need Christ is truly inspiring and makes me want to invest just as deeply in others. Praise the Lord. Could you give that to my lovely bride down there? All right. Okay. Hey, I am, I am going hunting uh, with a young man I met yesterday for the very first time. He was over there browsing my antler art and I went over to chat a little bit and got to talk a little bit more and, and I said do you like to hunt he goes no I just got started duck hunting I said eh yeah. you want to really hunt you need to go for the fur babies okay <laughs> and so I said hey you want to go hunting and he goes yeah that'd be cool 
So there you go. Johnny and I are going hunting. So pray for our time together. And you know that I'll be hunting, right? And Johnny will be hunting with me. So it'll be awesome. I'm excited about that. So pray for, and I can't remember what day I'm going to call him up this afternoon and say, I'm old. What day did we say we were going to go out? And uh, so pray about that. That'd be awesome. Thank you. All right. Lots of announcements. Look at your bulletins. Look at your bulletins. Uh, Fifth Sunday rally tonight, Sunrise Christian Church. It's off of Irvington. If you know where Irving is, keep going north. Keep going north on Northwest Expressway, and you'll see Irvington. Uh, there's a stoplight at Irvington, isn't there? Yeah. So that you got a stoplight at Irving. Keep going Northwest Expressway, stoplight at Irvington. Go east, depending on where you're coming from, or right. And it's right, right there on your on your right, right? Sunrise Christian Church, six o'clock tonight. So it should be fun. Uh, let's see, daylight savings time. We fall back. How many love falling back? Uh -huh. Woohoo! Yes, I love falling back. Next week. All right. Uh, anyway, the next one there I think is important. Thanksgiving potluck uh, here at the building at five thirty. Uh, November uh, 12th. This should be a great time. And then we have a Christmas party coming on. Don't have that down yet, but we're working on it. We got our social coordinating group working on that. We got a new uh, committee here, the social coordinating committee. I don't know who they are, but I'm sure, I'm sure they'll come up with something. All right. And Oregon Family Camp. We are on. And I'm excited. Lots of folks are Already asking. I haven't even sent anything out yet, and they're asking, so I'm excited about that. Happy birthday, Emma. Emma's not here. We should all, what's it called uh, when everybody crowds into one place and starts singing? What's that called? A rush mob or? Flash mob. Let me flash mob the Kirkpatrick's house today. Wouldn't that be great? be awesome. Emma, if you're watching, we're coming for you. <laughs> Uh, Clayton, we could flash mob Clayton. Now that would be cool. <laughs> what? I won't answer his phone. And he's probably working, you know. So, yeah. Okay. So anybody got a birthday coming up this week that's not on the list? Okay. Oh, yes. She, she's what now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm not I'm not the gingerbread guy, but I really had a good time. <laughs> really serious. I had a good time. So and uh eating eating the stuff was pretty good too. So there you go. Thank you for that. So you're one of the, you're one of the social coordinators, obviously. Uh, mad when the preacher's not in the in the know, but not in the know. So there you go. Uh, any other announcements? Oh, excellent. In other words, uh, you can take now and pay later. That's cool. But you need to have it written now, which is nice. And there are some really, really, really good uh, turkey cookies over there. So please save me one, please. One turkey cookie. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's another announcement. We have calendars. 
calendars, calendars, uh, a November calendar right out in the entryway. I think we got it almost done now. Do we? Okay. Let's pray. Holy God in heaven, we are deeply thankful for the love that you have and continue to consistently show uh, to us. And Father, I, I continue to tremble as I see what man is, is able to do to man uh, and what the future might hold. But Father, I pray that you would help me, help us, all of us, to continue to read more intently, uh, less academically, more practically, more how does this look uh, for my life now and in the future, and what can I do now to mentally prepare myself, spiritually prepare myself, I pray this morning would be just that, to prepare our minds for uh, Lord God being more than conquerors, being victorious uh, in our faith. And Father, it's, it's awesome this passage of Scripture in 1 John chapter 5 is just chocked full of information about how to grow our faith so that we are those conquerors, we are those overcomers, we are those who can face every and any trial and, and overcome and power through with a super great attitude. Father, as we've seen Jesus do and Paul do and, and Peter and others do over and over and over again, uh, as you've given us those beautiful illustrations in uh, the New Testament and many in the Old as well. Father, help us now to live what we have been learning and apply it now in the green tree so that, Father, as things continue to shake out. Father, we're going to be those who are a shining example of what it means to be in Christ. Father, I just pray that these are the messages that will help us get to that point. So we will not be hopeless, but have all hope being those who are of a resurrection army, unstoppable because you abide within us and will continue to work through us. We praise you in the, for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning as we, we read. Uh, also, too, I'm experimenting on you this morning. Your lesson plans are different than they have been in times past. I don't know if you've noticed the difference, but I'm not giving you a bazillion bullet points, several check marks and asterisks, and uh, so you get confused. It's just, I give you a lot of place to write notes. I give you some of the main points, and, and you can write to your heart's content, or not write at all. Uh, some have a hard time doing that, and that's fine. I get that. Here it is, 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1a. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, born from above, born of the Father. And then down in chapter 5 and verse 4, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes? Who is the one who's victorious over the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Those who believe that Jesus is the Christ and believe that he's the Son of God, if you truly believe, then you are and will be victorious. It's not a, I hope so. 
It's a, yes, it's happening right now. And I know that he has rescued me. He is rescuing me even now. And he will rescue me at the very end. That's how Paul preached it. That's how Paul wrote it. That's how Paul lived it. And that's how we're called to live it as well. Are you victorious in Christ Jesus right now, being in Christ? What's the answer? Yes. Does that mean you have to have fullness of faith in all things? Well, no. If Christ is in you, you're victorious right now. And we've already looked at that. But you know that if Christ is in you and your faith is growing, you're guaranteed victory today. And if you remain faithful in Christ and Christ in you, you'll be victorious on the last day. And so... It's great knowing that you have victory. And as you grow, you're going to be more responsive to others and looking more and more like Jesus when those tough times come. I don't know about you, but I've been loving my reading because that's been my focus. Show me how to grow my faith. What does it look like? What do I really need to be convinced of? Real quickly, remember who Gehazi is? Did I pronounce his name right? Gehazi? I don't remember him. Do you remember a guy named Elisha? That might help you out. Elisha? Remember Elisha? Had a double portion of the spirit? You think Elijah was a bad to the bone for the Lord? Or good to the bone, as the case may be. And then Elisha had a double measure of the spirit. And so the army of the Arameans come and they circle him because Elisha keeps telling the king of Israel, hey, you know what? The king of uh, Aram is going to be here, so watch out or go beat him up. And the king gets really mad. He goes, "How? who's telling on me? Somebody in my cabinet's letting know Israel know what's going on. And one of the servants goes, no man, it's, it's, there's a prophet in Israel. It's like he's in your room when you're talking. So be careful what you say because the king of Israel is going to hear it from that prophet. And the king goes, go get him. Sends his best army down there to get him. And of course, they circle his house. It's kind of like circling the way all the bad guys are circling the house. And Gehazi goes out to get the morning paper or something like that. He kind of goes, oh, he's freaking out. Oh no, we're going to die. He goes in, he goes, the, the bad guys, they've got us surrounded. We're outnumbered. Elisha goes, let me finish my coffee first and I'll let you know what's going on. I mean, I know that's kind of stretching a little bit. It's Compton's version. He's chill. He goes, oh, okay, Lord, would you just open up Gehazi's eyes? Would you step back outside again and look in the hills? So Gehazi goes back outside and he sees chariots of fire, massive, massive soldiers all over the place and chariots of fire. It's not the Arameans. It's the what? The angel army of God. So Elisha goes, oh, Lord, would you blind those guys and we'll, we'll lead them down to meet the king that knows all about them. So God blinds the army of the Arameans. He walks out and says uh, uh, to, to the, the general, hey, let me take your hand. You're in the wrong place. Let me take you to the right place. Takes him down to the king of Israel. And of course, the king of Israel has got his army surrounding them. Okay, Lord, could you open their eyes? So the bad guys open their eyes and go, uh-oh, we're in trouble. And then, of course, can we, <laughs> the king of Israel goes, can we kill him? Said Elisha, can we kill him? 
Elisha goes, what are you doing? No. Feed them. Give them a banquet and then tell them to go home and, and be happy. And that's a little flesh too, but that's a, kind of pretty much what was said. Did you know that army said, these guys are good guys. We're never going to attack them again. Do you believe that's true? I'm absolutely convinced that's true. That's not a fairy tale. Neither is Jonah and the great fish. That's not a fairy tale either. None of it is. It's all truth. And God is greater than all. That's so important. Now, here's the question. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? The very foundation of our <laughs> conviction that nothing can shake us is the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He came as a human being. He was unshakable. You've heard me say this before, and I'm keep, going to keep saying it because it convinces me absolutely because I need to be convinced. You know what? Jesus was 100% human being, 100% God. He came in the flesh. He had to learn just like I, uh, you and I. He had to learn it all. He had to grow. And yet he never shook out once. He is the par he is the uh, uh, the firstborn, which is what's the Greek word? Man, I can't believe I just lost it. It means uh, logo type. Uh, how say, say it again? Man, I can't believe I forgot that. I've had it memorized. Prototokos. He's the prototype. Prototype what? Prototype Christian. We're manufactured, born of God, just like he was. When we were born again, we became just like Jesus. If you don't believe that, it's you're done. If I don't believe that, I'm going to shake out. we got to know that's true. Now, we can move on with the lesson. Look at my first point. What is it? Believing in Jesus is the Christ. What does that actually mean? Here's sad commentary. When I was three years old in the Lord, I remember going to a big church service, a big church service, and a big church, huge church. And a little eight-year-old boy came up, and he wasn't tall enough to get up to the microphone. So somebody took a little stool and put it down and helped him climb up on the stool. And uh, the preacher said, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the God? And he goes, yeah. Great. All right. Let's baptize this kid. They baptized him. Eight years old. Yeah. What if he would have said, Little Stevie? That wasn't his name. Little Stevie? What does that mean that Jesus is the Christ? Well, actually, I believe he is the great prophet who speaks only God's word and his words are eternal life. And if you will obey the words of Jesus Christ, the prophet, you too shall have eternal life. That also means that he's the high priest. That there has never been a high priest like him before. All the other ones in the Old Testament were only temporary and sinned and they needed to cover their own tracks before they could even uh, be an intercessor for others. But not our Jesus. Jesus is the high priest who never sinned and yet was tempted in every way as we are. And he gave his life, his perfect holy life, as a sin sacrifice so that you and I 
could be free from sin. And if we sin, he is now our intercessor at the right hand of God. And all we need to do is confess our sin and he will cleanse us of our sin and all unrighteousness. And the final thing, being the great Christ of God, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there's no army on earth and there's no angelic army that can oppose him. He is victorious. And so I am proclaiming Jesus the Christ. And I'm going to live for him and like him. You think that little eight-year-old boy could have said that? Just like that? No. Our confession that Jesus is the Christ must be built upon our faith. Our complete conviction, our absolute assurance or trust, and our total allegiance to Jesus as the Lord of lords and the King of kings. But if you don't know that, you then can't have the conviction that you're victorious. So let's go back and read 1 John once again. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Verse 4, for whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory, the, vi the victory over the world. It's our faith. Who we know who Jesus is. He is what? He is the Son of God. So let's quickly, let's quickly define what all this means. Your first bullet point there basically says, Jesus is our prophet. Let's look at one Bible verse, and then I'll give you some others you can look up. Look at Acts chapter 3. Who, who preached the first gospel sermon, by the way? Does anybody know? What apostle? Was it Thaddeus? No. Was it James, the son of Simon? No. Well, who was it? Peter. Peter. Okay. So now let's take a look at Acts chapter 3. Here's Peter. Uh, not only did he preach the first gospel sermon, he also got to do the second gospel sermon too. Just a day later. Here we are, Acts chapter 3. Take a look at this really quick, verse 17 down through verse 22. And this is Peter preaching the second gospel sermon. He says, And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets... That his, that his Christ, the anointed one, his Christ should suffer. He is thus fulfilled. Therefore repent and return, be immersed. Why? So that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing and renewal will come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke of by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 17 and 18 reads something like this. Peter didn't say that, but that's what he's quoting from. The Lord God will raise up for you. Now, this is God talking to Moses now. The Lord God says to Moses, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed or obedience to everything he says to you. Now, verse 23, here's where it gets exciting. And it will be that every soul that does not heed, listen, and obey that prophet 
shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Sounds like I need to listen to that prophet and do what he says. Did I, did I miss something on that one? Am I right? Did I twist that at all? If the prophet of old that God was telling Moses about says something, am I obligated to do it? Yes or no? Well, absolutely, positively. Well, it's true. So why do we read the scriptures? So we know what the great prophet is calling us to do, to believe, and to speak. Does anybody know what the Bible says in the book of Revelation about those Christians who are lukewarm? What, what does the Bible say about Christians who are lukewarm? Oh, wait. I know a lot of people <clears throat> know this. They'll be vomited out of his mouth. That means they were in Christ. They were in Christ, but because they were lukewarm, what happens? Is that red letter scripture or is that black letter? Like there's a difference, there isn't. But red letter means who said it? Jesus said that. The Lord of Lords and the King of Things. King, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He said that. Now, I don't know about you. We've been talking about reverential fear and we should have reverential fear. But we should fear that we're not measuring up. Notice, God is God. Jesus' word is the standard of judgment. Oh, by the way, would you please do this really quickly? Would you write down, if you write things down, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 17 and 18. That's where Peter quotes. And then go to the book of the Gospel of John in chapter 12 and read verse 47 to the end of the chapter. If you take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 17, or chapter 18, verse 17 and 18, and then you jump, because that's an important one to read, because there's a lot more to it than what Peter quoted. And then you go to John chapter 12, verse 47 through the end of the chapter. You know who the prophet is? Jesus. Jesus is that prophet. Do you remember when Jesus is preaching in the Gospel of John in chapter 6? Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourselves. And remember what the Jews were doing? They were grossing out. Why? They thought he was talking about what? Yeah. Ugh. Jesus wasn't talking about that at all. He's talking about the Lord's Supper that was about to take place when the church was established. He's not too many days from the cross, not too many days from the establishment of the church and the Lord's Supper. And you know what happened when he said that? It says, the multitudes left him. And here are the apostles. Of course, they're hanging out close to Jesus. You know what the apostles were doing? They're like, uh-oh, the whole congregation is leaving. I can see their big deer Bible. Oh, oh, we got problems here, Houston. You can just see it. And then Jesus sees, he goes, so do you guys want to go too? Isn't that what he said? You guys want to go too? And of course, Peter, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? See, Peter really got it. Peter got it. Peter, Peter was a special kind of guy. A lot of people, impetuous Peter, lop some guy's ear off. Impetuous Peter. 
He jumps, but then he thinks about what he did. Sometimes he didn't even do that. Jesus had to correct him, right? But I'll tell you what, I really like Peter a lot. I can kind of relate to him a lot. <laughs> Some of you are going, yeah, we know. <laughs> and that's okay. It's true. It's okay. Uh, but you know, Peter got a lot done. When Jesus says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they're not going, I don't know, Jeremiah or Elijah or one of the prophets. And he says, what do you guys think? Did everybody watch uh, uh, Welcome Back, Carter? Welcome Back, Carter. Anybody ever watch Welcome Back, Carter? Yeah. How many watch Welcome Back, Carter? Ooh, 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 ooh. Horse ooh, ooh. That's Peter, man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what I'm saying? Is that, your, is that your grandma? She does that too? Okay. Ellen, it's so beautiful to see you here. You're getting called out by your granddaughter. <laughs> so Horshack, oh, Peter, ooh, ooh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus gets excited. He says, that's exactly right. I'm going to build my church on that truth. People are going to be rock solid, immovable if they believe that truth and they live it out in their lives. Matthew chapter what? 16, verse 13 through 18. I love that passage. See, Peter's great. Okay. And so it's important for us to say here, Peter says the prophet must be obeyed. Lukewarm obedience isn't going to cut it. And you're going, oh, that's a problem, Houston, because I haven't done so well so far. You know what? If truth be told, honestly, if we're going to be compared with Jesus's life and words, guess what? We could all say, Houston, we got a problem. And here's the answer. No, you don't. You're completely covered because Jesus, your Christ, is the high priest who lived perfectly with no sin as a human being, tempted in every way as you are and I am. And you know what he did? He said, here am I. Send me. You need a body to sacrifice that's holy and blameless for all these other folks that messed up? Send me. Jesus came, lived that perfect life, and he died on the cross paying for every one of your sins. If you do not believe that, Satan is going to get you. Many of you have been in the church for quite a long time, and you could probably think of a name of a person that started out, but Satan got them, and they walked away. And they died in that state of having walked away. That is so gut-wrenching to me. You know why? It's because they did not fully understand what it meant that Jesus was their Christ, the, the, the high priest that gave his life in complete total for their life, ransomed completely. If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Bow the knee. Don't say you didn't sin, as it says in 1 John chapter 1. Admit that you made a mistake. You've fallen short. Confess it. And it says in there, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Brethren, we have to have that locked in our brain and we have to know that's true. Not so that we can go out and sin the more. God forbid, it says, 
but so that if we sin, the devil can't get us. We just go running back to Jesus. Oh no, I messed up again. He goes, yeah, I know. You still love me? Of course I love you. I love, to, love you to eternity and beyond. Just like Buzz Lightyear, only better. See, it's so important for us to understand. If you don't understand that, when things get difficult and you sin like Judas, you're going to give it up. Because that's what Judas did. Did he make it to heaven? The answer is what? No, he didn't. But Peter messed up big time. Did Peter mess up big time? Peter denied him three times publicly. He could have done the same thing because, you know, Judas did the same thing, denied him, betrayed him. But Peter had a different mindset. He came back to him and Jesus forgave him. See, so it's beautiful that we understand what it means that Jesus is our Christ. Because if we don't understand that, then the sin will overwhelm us and the devil will take advantage of that and we'll eat ourselves from the inside out and we'll walk away. And that's exactly what the devil wants. You need to know that Jesus is the high priest that paid for every sin. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews in chapter 2. Actually, do Hebrews 4. There's a whole bunch in there. Do Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 7. Read the, I'm just saying, the whole chapter. And you're going to learn about what it means to be high priest, our high priest Jesus, what he's done for us. But I just want you to take a look at three verses in Hebrews chapter 4. And then we'll move on. And we'll finish half of my sermon today. I mean, that's kind of how I roll. You wouldn't expect anything less, I hope. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4. And the last few verses, verse 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession that he's the Christ, that he's our high priest, and he paid for all of our sins. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Of course he can. But, he, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Why? So that we may receive mercy for the forgiveness of sins and find grace to help in time of need. Brethren, I don't know. You've all heard this lesson before, I think, and I hope it's not old to you. It always gets, I get excited when I realize. Because I haven't made it yet, like the Apostle Paul said. I haven't become perfect. I haven't achieved the resurrection from the dead unto life eternal yet. And I won't get that until he comes back or I pass from this life and I am going to live for the angels on that day to escort me home. See, so, so important you understand that he's your high priest. He's got you covered. That's no excuse for sinning. That's if you sin. Live it perfectly for the prophet, but if you sin, you have that high priest. But here's what gets better. Because if you're just going, oh, I got to do whatever the prophet says. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. And then you're going, I'm always constantly asking forgiveness. You're in what? Survival mode. When you say Jesus is the Christ, you're not in survival mode. You're in victory mode. You know why you're in victory mode? 
is because not only is he the, pro the prophet that has the words of eternal life, so that's secure, and he's the high priest, he's got you covered if you make a mistake, he's the king who has already vanquished the devil. It says that in Hebrews chapter 2. It says that in, in Galatians in chapter 5. It says that it's all over the place. Jesus already is victorious over the devil. The devil has been neutralized. That's why you want to stay in Jesus and live for him and like him. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Jesus is the king. He is the king eternal. And he has already won the victory. That's why you need to stay in Christ and not be vomited out. Stay in Christ. Grow in Christ-likeness. Did you know that the, uh, a person who is baptized, let's say, for example, someone's on their last week and they're immersed into Christ and say they live two more days. How many days do they have to repent? They hear the message, they have two. Well, they need to repent of all their sin. In two days, they need to be committed to repenting of all their sin, and at best possible, they're doing it right away. But you know what? In two days, that guy passes away, or that gal passes away, and they've been obedient to the gospel, crucified, buried, and then raised up in the waters of immersion. They only have two days to live. Do they get heaven? What's the answer? Yes. yes, the Bible says so. Jesus says that. The guys that come in at the very end at five o'clock and they only work an hour, guess what they get? The exact same thing for those who started at 6.30 or 6 in the morning and worked all day. They, they get the same thing. Why? Because Jesus is king and that's what he says. Take a look. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Man, this gets me excited. And from Jesus Christ, the, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the first to be raised uh, from the dead, never to die again, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the king of kings. The ruler of the kings of the earth. To him, this king of kings, who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ is king. Now, let's finish. I love this last verse. Man, I'm telling you what. Get your eyeballs locked onto this last verse because this last verse is you. If you're in Christ, this, this verse is you. It tells you your present victory. And here's the cool thing. It tells you of your final victory. Go with me to the book of Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. Let's begin in, in verse 11. And I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. King Jesus is waging war. Against who? Not against human beings. Against the devil. And notice it says, he's waging war. 
His eyes are a flame of fire. In his head are, there are many diadems. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. And I love verse 13. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, his own blood for Bill. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies, verse 14, the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. Who are the armies in heaven who are clothed with white linen, fine and clean? If you look up above in verse 9, or excuse me, verse 7 and 8, it'll tell you. Who are those clothed with white linen, fine and clean, which are the righteous acts of the saints? That's us. Are you in Christ? Have you been raised up with him? Are you seated with him in the heavenly places? What's the answer? Yes, yes if you did it properly, yes, you are. Where are you at right now spiritually, Jeff? Here. Hey, well, you're here, but spiritually, where are you? In heaven, yeah. And guess what? The armies of those who are clothed in bright linen, white and clean, are going to come riding with him. Guess who comes out of the grave first? <laughs> the righteous Christians. Hey, you have to have a body to ride on a horse. <laughs> and, and of course, then we get to go. And then comes the angel armies and the armies of the saints. That resurrection army that cannot be stopped. Well, I'm sorry. I digress. I get a little excited here. And verse 15, from his mouth comes a sharp sword so that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron and he tre treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of Kings and Masters of all Masters. And that's who you and I serve under in his great army. I don't know about you, but someone who's riding with King Jesus is not somebody who's like, oh, I am so guilty of sin. Oh, I am blue again. Oh, I'm going to be damned. They don't know that Jesus is their Christ when they get to that point. If they make a mistake, what should they do? Forgive me. And what should they know? They're forgiven. I blew it this morning. I blew it this morning. I'm not going to tell you what I did, but God knows. I blew it this morning. So when I went to my prayer time, I went, how many times, Lord? Help me overcome this thing. I'm working on repentance. Help me to overcome this thing. Thank you. You have me covered. Boom. And just right up and running again. See, that, you can do that when you know that's how God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Brethren, Jesus is the Christ. That means we are victorious right now. If you're in Christ, you're victorious right now. And you're going to be victorious if you remain faithful. Faithful to the end. Red hot and rolling. I wore my tie. Red hot and rolling. Say, for the Lord. Not for the trailblazers. For the Lord. Amen?
All right, let's pray. Lord God in heaven, I am so deeply thankful for the blessing of being your son. All of us, each one is undeserving. And yet, Father, you are so loving, so gracious, and your son, Jesus Christ, so humble, so yielded to your will, giving us that perfect example of those who have full conviction, those who have full trust, those who have perfect obedience. We want to follow in his footsteps. For we are born from above. We are born, Father, from your great gospel plan of salvation. Thank you for allowing us to be resurrected from the spiritual dead, seated with you in the heavenly places, conquering the devil at every turn. And if we fall short, you have us covered and continue to send us back out into the fight. What a great life to live. What a powerful, powerful life to live. Father, as we develop our faith, as we read the scriptures, prepare us for what is to come, that we might in every way manifest your son Jesus. Amen. All right, let's get all excited and then get to an auction. All right, let's stand real quick. What did Jesus say to do? He said to... Go! Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. So those joining us online, sorry you don't get to participate.